0: For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories.
1: Welcome to another episode of
0: Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Steffen. And we
1: are the proud parents of Aiden Steffen.
0: Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to another episode.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Hey guys, I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in again and want to also introduce a guest tonight. um, Someone I met about a few years ago um, during a trade show in New York. And uh, we all stayed in contact well, he's a fellow New Yorker now, and uh, it's, it's going to be a good one for uh, tonight. Uh, his name is David Hess. Um, he's with Tres Capital, the president of Tres Capital, an investment firm in New York. Uh, he comes to us by way of California. ooh tr- Yeah, a transplant. Nice. Welcome. <laughs> Coast-to-coast guy. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So, Thank
2: you for having me.
0: No problem. So, how, how do you like being in New York versus California? Because yeah. I know beaches
2: is Eight. different. it's different i'll tell you it's it's very different and uh, although it's you know it's nice this time of year um i i my heart's still in la i gotta be honest my uh my my family's still out there so pre-covid i would say i was there almost every month or every other month if it wasn't for uh, for business then it was some kind of family celebration and uh, like i said my siblings are out there and my wife's from LA, and, mm. and so all her siblings are out there. My my oldest is now in college out there, oh, and wow. uh, so unfortunately, it seems like we're we're going to be stuck in New York a little bit longer because of COVID. But uh, you know, but I I do hear planes roaring overhead every so often. I'm not too far from from JFK. I'm I'm kind of right by Long Beach, uh, the other Long Beach, Long Beach, New York. So. Uh, I, I still get my fix in, uh, you know, to to go to the beach when when the weather's nice out here. But uh, yeah, you know, right right, not too far from JFK, so it's nice to to hear the roar of those those engines. It it gives me hope that I'll be able to get back to to LA soon.
1: Oh, yeah, I find that a lot of people that are transplants from California, they come here for maybe a different experience, but their heart is always back in Cali. I notice that.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, I came here, I was, I was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and um, I had looked into uh, dozens of oncologists. It was synovial sarcoma, so it was kind of rare, mm. and um, I was 20 years old and, um, you know, whole life ahead of me, and it was one oncologist, one mm. oncologist, at Sloan Kettering that said, yes, nah, I, I've seen this before. Come on out and uh, we'll take care of you. I don't think you're going to die. And once I heard that, I said, OK, I'm in because everybody else was just trying to make me comfortable. And people talking about different hospices. And oh. so as soon as they said, we can take care of you. And Sloan Kettering's got a great reputation. Um, you know, it was out on the East Coast and didn't have any family uh, out East. But um you know, I, I jumped on a plane and, uh, yeah, I've been here since. So it's, uh, like you said, came here for other reasons, but my heart is definitely still still out west.
1: Can you, um, sh- if you don't mind, sharing with the listeners um, the, the type of cancer you had? Um, I know you said, yeah, absolutely. I kind of describe it.
2: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was crazy. So um, synovial sarcoma. And typically that presents in maybe like the thigh area and it will grow to the size of like a softball before anybody even notices. It It grows really quick and it metastasizes to the lungs almost immediately. And so that's why there aren't too many survivors uh, of, of synovial sarcoma. And when I had it, I had it sitting on a nerve under my foot so imagine if like you're it's in plantar fascia area but if you're if you're standing on your foot it's like right in the middle you know if 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 you're standing on it and it's pushing up against the nerve trust me you know something's there it's like it's got like a a rock you know like in your shoe or something like you know something's there and so that's what it was for me i mean and i would go to podiatrist after podiatrist. And they would try telling me it was bone spurs mm-hmm. or anything, you know, plantar fasciitis, anything but cancer. I mean, that was the furthest thing that they were thinking. And luckily for me, I had an uncle at um, in Philadelphia, actually, that was a radiologist. And he told me after about a year, he said, how come no one's giving you a scan? you know, an MRI. And I said, I, what do I know? I said, you know, and I actually started going back and asking for MRIs. And they said, no, you don't need an MRI. Or you don't need that. We're just going to give you this shot, that shot.
1: Wow, because your are age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: And so I gave it to, so my uncle finally says, you know, just, just come out to my hospital in Philadelphia and we'll do an MRI, you know, immediately. So that's exactly what I did. And within i remember a a couple days you know they called me they had sent the uh they had sent the biopsy actually off to uh walter reed Mm -hmm. and uh it came back as cancerous and they sent it to walter Reed because i remember him telling me he's like there's no way that you've got cancer we found something but there's no way and And uh, but, yeah, they they sent it out to Walter Reed and it came back. It was cancerous. And uh, even though it was in such a strange place for it to be, it was miraculous because it was still small enough. It didn't have a chance to grow to that softball size where uh, it didn't metastasize, fortunately, and uh, it stayed local. And uh, at that point, that's he's the one that said, you know, you know, go to Slum Kettering. Um, you know, again, I was looking to stay local, and I had all these other oncologists, but um, you know, he, he was able to get me into Sloan catering and then once I spoke to that oncologist, and then again, he told me that he could save me. Um, you know, that that was uh, music to my ears. Of course. The the major challenge came for me though. Uh, my second battle within, just within my second year anniversary of being cancer free, it came back. I had that similar feeling in my foot where I just couldn't stand for more than like, I don't know, 30 to 60 seconds without feeling like, you know, super sharp pain. And it was very familiar pain and went back to the oncologist and said it's back. And uh, we took some more scans, sure enough. If there was a local recurrence and I ended up after that surgery and, you know, doing chemo. And after my second round of chemo, they, you know, they basically suggested I remain an inpatient for the majority of that year because wow. I was getting such bad reactions to the chemo. And so even after they would send me home, I would just get neutropenic and wow. end up back in the hospital with her. And it's a, a nosebleed that just wouldn't stop or just something, uh, you know, high fever or, I would just be right back in the hospital, you know, within 48 hours, you know, so they would just basically say, you know what, just stay here. And so I, while I was in Sloan Kettering, uh, again, I'm from L.A., and in fact, back in 96, when when right actually in 95, when I was a senior in high school, uh, the I was getting signatures for Prop 215 uh, because it was cool. I wasn't the, the biggest activist in the world, but as a senior in high school, there's not too many other... Uh, part-time jobs that are, that are cooler than that. And so I didn't have a stigma really to, to cannabis. My family didn't have a stigma to cannabis. We were part of, uh, legacy cultivation operations as well back in California. And so, you know, having access to cannabis and, and, and being around cannabis wasn't an issue when I was going through uh, my cancer treatments, but that, that, uh, time at Sloan Kettering where I was inpatient, I wasn't, it got to the point, I wasn't able to get out of bed. I mean, it was so bad. Um, I remember just wanting to just stop. And I, I said to my oncologist one day, I said, are you killing me with this chemo? And he said to me, he said, well, we're taking you to the brink of death, but you know, you did sign off on that. And I said, well, I remember signing all those papers and I remember us having that conversation, but I didn't think you were serious. And I believe you now you know and if i could take it back let's take it back i, I want to stop and luckily right before i quit someone gives me an article on marinol and i hand this uh article right in, in time magazine to to my oncologist defiantly saying here if i can you know get marinol if you can prescribe me this cannabis in a pill basically mm-hmm. i'll stick And they look at me and they said, you know what, we've we've never prescribed it uh, to anyone here yet, but there's it's it's not going to hurt you. Uh, Sure. Let's let's find a pharmacy that has it. And, uh, you know, they've got a pharmacy in-house at Sloan Kettering, but they didn't stock Marinol at that point. And so there was one pharmacy in Manhattan that had it. And when they got me Marinol, I remember. I was back to my old self. I was telling oh. jokes. I was having friends come by to watch Monday night football and, and making sure they brought wings, you know, and, and these friends were looking at me like, How are we looking at the same person? You were on your deathbed a few days ago. And I said, I, I nothing's changed other than Marinol. So as far as I know, I'm still on my deathbed, but I'm okay with that, you know. <laughs> and what happened was is and and you know, we're learning today whether or not that had any kind of apoptosis, you know, uh, you know, actual death of the cancer cells as a result, maybe, maybe not. But what we do know is at least anecdotally is that it allowed me to continue on with my chemo and with, with their protocol. And I was eating again and I was feeling, you know, good again, which we know psychologically, emotionally, you know going through chemo doesn't t- take its toll on the body it takes its toll emotionally big time i was always somebody that and still am somebody that likes to be a giver likes to be a helper likes to be something that contributes you know to others and to society and and being in a hospital bed you can't do any of those things in fact you're quite the opposite you're just on the receiving end and, and taking uh mostly and it's very uncomfortable and so having Marinol in my system and and you know again because i couldn't medicate with any other form of cannabis and luckily for me the Marinol did have efficacy i'm sure some people in your audience are are thinking to themselves didn't i read that Marinol doesn't have efficacy and doesn't really work well it worked for me so it does work for some people and others it doesn't it's it's like most cannabis these you know these days it's, it's still trial and error right um but it worked for me and um you know, I, it, it sparked a passion in me. You know, I had roommates at Sloan Kettering. I was on a pediatric floor because my cancer was a pediatric cancer. I'm, I'm sitting there with, or sleeping rather with, in my, as roommates with you know, five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds. And unfortunately, plural, right? They're, they were moving on, unfortunately, to, you know, to heaven. They weren't, they weren't going home, right? And I'm saying to myself, how is this possible? How am I still here? right? Number one. And number two, why am I watching Cheech and Chong? And why am I watching, you know, having munchies? Why am I watching <laughs> Monday Night Football? Why am I like enjoying my time here? And these kids, you know, my roommates are, are suffering, like what's going on? And I just wanted to understand what medical cannabis meant. And it was a paradigm shift, because to me, again, it's coming from California and really, you know, having a pretty good understanding of of the legacy cannabis uh, industry or cannabis you know community, we understood what medical laws meant. It, it meant keeping us out of jail, or you know if you were if you were lucky, right? Because they right. were still and, and still are uh, you know putting people away. But it was a way for us to do things you know as legally as we could, right? Exactly. But
1: yes. Here I
2: was, in the, as a, as a as a you know cancer patient going from, I, I wasn't eating right. And I wasn't laughing, that's for sure to, to eating wings and, and, and telling jokes again. And it was like, if if the only thing different was cannabis, you know, synthetic, not synthetic again, we're going to learn, we can have that debate. (laughs) You know, it, it worked for me. Um, I believe there are two distinct tracks, you know, there is a medical track. There is a a, an adult use track, they're both fine. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to find that products, you know, and, and molecules are from, from the plant are better for, for other tract, you know, for, for one's better for, for the pharma side and, and the medical side, and, and one's better for the uh, adult use, recreational side. Um, but one thing's for sure cannabis is all good you know what i mean and and it helps people and it helps adults and it helps children and um it it, it's it's a shame that you know that that it became politicized Mm. and it's a shame that you know it was it you know cannabis and and not just thc but you know it's 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 cousin the hemp plant right became became you got penalized for it as well and as a result uh, society lost right I mean it wasn't just you know patience but you know it, it, we now have have you know the amount of of, of waste you know and and plastic um, you know that that's filling our oceans you know I see a future where where you know that goes away because of hemp right uh, so I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing the light and I'm glad that uh, I'm I could play you know, a small role in this in this cannabis industry in this cannabis economy, um, but most importantly, um, you know my passion is really helping patients understand, helping people understand that cannabis it, it's it's okay to talk about. It, it's yes. a plant, and and there's nothing wrong with it. People don't overdose on cannabis, but they sure overdose on opiates and other. Meds that you know were being fed by by mainstream you know m- medicine today. Uh, so it's important to have the conversation, and and I'm really thankful that we're having it uh, today.
1: What a st- I mean, what a story! Wow. Thank you. Can you explain to the listeners? Um, you know, some some of our listeners are they know a lot about cannabis and some are, are curious. So that's why they're listening. Can you just, um, explain what Marinol is versus, you know, CBD? Mm-hmm. So they, can so they
2: get- Marinol is, it's made in the lab, mm-hmm. right? And it is, it is a single molecule. It's THC. Mm-hmm. So it's the THC yes. isolate, but it's man-made, right? It's synthetic. And so, um, it's, some people will argue that for cannabis to have an effect uh, on for, to have its true medicinal effect, there has to be an entourage effect, which mm-hmm. would mean that all the the cannabis molecules and, and cannabinoids and flavonoids and terpenes and 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 all that good stuff are presented uh, at once. And I'm sure that there's you know a lot of truth to that. Um, but I believe that in certain cases. Um, you don't. Absolutely, uh, and I've seen I agree. Marinol <laughs> I agree. And, and another form of Marinol is Dranabinol, uh, mm-hmm. Same, same thing, uh, just different name. Um, are are prescribed today uh, in hospitals around the world, uh, not just for cancer, uh, but for uh, for other for AIDS patients um, mm-hmm. and other patients that need an appetite, um, or for patients that are suffering from depression. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's miraculous what, what it can do on those, uh, you know, both for the appetite and both, like I said, for someone's emotional stability. And we're going to learn. I mean, we, we couldn't learn because, you know, in, in the United States, uh, the government didn't allow, uh, didn't allow the research to, to, to take place if it was for positive research, right? But we're going to, to learn now whether or not, like I said, there was actually any medicinal benefit on the side of, of uh, killing the cancer. What we've mm. seen in from, from some research in Israel, for example, is that certain strains of cannabis can actually cause cancer cells to to uh for the cancer cells to cause suicide in yeah, a sense. Aptosis, used, is, yeah. To cut off the blood supply to mm-hmm. itself. And uh so it's almost ironic, right? I felt I was sort of committing suicide because of the chemo that, that I was taking. Uh and here it might have been that the, the cannabis that I was taking had the exact opposite effect and was, you know, wow. causing the cancer to commit suicide. But how cool would that be? Wow. <laughs> So uh, it, it's it's uh, it it really is uh, you know it, it's an amazing amazing plant that um, you know so so again it, it, it's synthetic um, there there's room for synthetics uh, in mm-hmm. cannabis it's it's a lot it, it's less expensive it takes it takes less time to produce uh, and we can produce uh, singular. Um, singular cannabinoids that way as well. And in a pharma-type environment where, you know, in Western medicine, we're very accustomed to having very specific doses, right, of an ingredient, Um, whereas, you know, Eastern medicine philosophy, that wasn't the case. And it doesn't mean one's any better or one's any worse. Um, But, um, you know, I don't know if if, uh, we're going to, T- retrain western medicine to to think a different way or to to go back to thinking uh the way you know they used to prior to to dosing but you know the only way to truly get there is likely going to be through synthetic um, that said there's still so much pharmacological you know uh use and and efficacy uh, from cannabinoids from the plant it's just going to be a lot more difficult to have consistency that way. Um, so th- I yeah. think you know, there's going to be a lot of benefit when, when used in tandem, um, which we're, we're that's starting a good to see idea. as well.
1: That's a good idea. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. I didn't even think about it like that, to use it in tandem for if you do need something maybe for the entourage effect, but then you, exactly. the doctors would feel a bit more comfortable dosing something that's consistent so they can kind of know you know what everything is coming from interesting exactly
0: exactly that that was one of the issues we were having with our son was making sure we got consistent product i mean we would purchase an oil uh it would work for a month then the following month when we're ready to refill it it doesn't have the same effect now you know the seizures is an uptick and when we contact the company and say hey look this what's going on it seems like my son's having more seizures as a string He goes, we said, did anything change? Oh, well, you know, you were getting one particular strain. We ran out of that strain. So now we wow. had to use a different strain. It's like, you can't do that because we kind of count on you mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. a medicine, even though we're able to order it, not need to get a prescription. So there's a fine line now with that because yes. as a company that's just producing oils and selling them online, if a family's dependent on it because it's cost-effective – to a certain extent, cost-effective in a certain extent, without a prescription, then you would have to be consistent because if not, you're forcing the FDA to relook look at everything and say, um, you know what, you guys can't really sell this for medical use or if people yeah, cannot right. be using it for medical use.
1: Yeah, like, you know, you know especially serious conditions such as epilepsy, epilepsy yeah. you know, so...
2: We did, exactly.
1: we did run into that and you know the plant itself it's a plant so yeah. like when you grow strawberries not every strawberry is the same size you know it's going to be unless a variation you're my santo. unless you're my <laughs> santo <laughs> right 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 one big strawberry hey. that's it hey. that's right
0: but uh, so tell me how did you form Tress Capital with Asher like how did you guys meet
2: yeah so great question so back in, so, okay, so as I mentioned, right, I, I, my, my passion was sparked, and, and I wanted to do everything I could to further the credibility of, you know, cannabis, the legitimacy of this cannabis plant, and, I mean, anybody I could speak with, I, I, I would, so I was reaching out to Um, everybody that I, you know, that, that had ever done any research or written a paper on cannabis that I could find on the internet, I was finding out their contact info and reaching out to Alan Shackelford, Bonnie Goldstein, Rafi Mushulam in Israel. I mean, everybody, right? Bill Levine, everybody. And, uh, everybody was, was very gracious, um, and, and would take time and, and point me in the right direction and, and, and show me where I could learn what I was looking to learn. And, uh. Sure enough, in, in 2010, six licenses are awarded in Jersey, hmm. and the cultivation manager tapped for that for, for that uh, for that job calls me one day and says the the two ladies that had that had been awarded the the license have brought a couple of groups in that that were supposed to bring the capital, and and for one reason or another that it, it didn't happen, and. I'm pretty sure that you can bring in the capital. A, B, you can help me with the operations because we can bring out the network from from California. And C, um, you know, haven't you been talking about you know wanting to, to 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 bring forth this 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 new industry and and really push cannabis legitimacy forward and 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 this is your chance, Dave. And that's exactly what I did. I, I brought in. Um, uh, a partner that had experience in, believe it or not in, in, in creating nuclear isotopes for MRI and uh, so he did have the the background, the medical you know clean room background uh, that re- would be required to build out this type of infrastructure really under the noses of you know the pharmaceutical industry in New Jersey and understanding that, in a decade, you know, which is actually now, right, from that point, this is what would be most likely looked at as, as how to cultivate, right? Not, um, which was an automated uh, clean room facility, essentially, right? And, and not, you know, what you were seeing back at in you know, 2010, which was more like, you know, scaled up basement grows, if that makes sense, right? If you, if you went out to Colorado or, or some other places Early, you know, in this, uh, you know, early in this new cannabis economy, that's what you were seeing. Rarely would you see uh, anything, you know, technologically advanced. And so that's that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I wanted to build. So probably spent a little too much money and and spent a little too much time doing it. But we built it out, and um, to this day, it's really been an example for for a lot of the industry on the East Coast. Um, and uh, so it's it's a great facility. Um, and, um, when, when that was built and, and completed, I had quite a few high net worth friends, uh, and colleagues that wanted to invest in similar, uh, in similar operations or just, you know, invest in the cannabis industry. And they trusted me and were ready to invest, you know, with, with whatever my next project was going to be. And so I started going out to you know this is now what like twenty eleven or so so you mentioned uh where we met at at a conference so in twenty eleven that's when the conferences were really just getting off the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these conferences today, you know, you'll you'll have, you know, ten thousand plus, right? And some of the bigger ones, thirty thousand plus, right? Yeah. Early, there were maybe you know, if you had three hundred people at, at an event, you were happy, and so you'd have to think, right? I mean, how if you're if you're someone like me, which is sort of like a natural networker, I, I'm a people person, you know, three hundred people, it's it's uh, you know, not that difficult to to you know, get through the room, yeah. and so I was sort of growing with the nucleus of the industry because I was going to all these conferences, I was joining all the associations, all the industries, um, industry associations rather. And uh, I remember after one trip to uh, Arizona, uh, after looking at a, at a cultivation, I had a, a friend of mine was uh, uh, an investment banker. And he says to me, he says, what's going on? And I said, you know, I'm looking at all these great deals. And he says, yeah, why, why aren't you doing any of them? And I said, you know, I don't really have a finance background. And if I'm going to start putting millions of dollars uh, to work of, you know, of really, you know, friends' money, um, I wanted to ensure that, you know, I'd be able to do it responsibly. And to me, that meant bringing in a partner that, that uh, you know, really had a finance background. And so he said, you know, I recommend you, you meet uh, this guy Asher. Uh, he is somebody that is, uh, you know, is an impact investor right and i'm like what is an impact investor he's like he likes you know to if he's going to make an investment he wants to do it um not just for the bottom line but he wants to ensure that it's having a greater impact on society and 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 the greater good you know um and so i said great let's let's meet and um he shared my vision of wanting a to make an impact and and me for me you know that was certainly on the on the Uh, credibility side of cannabis, obviously, but, and, and on the, you know, sure, I I would love to one day see cancer, you know, be eradicated as a result of cannabis. Um, But, you know, my main goal has always been to, you know, like I said, it's, the cannabis plant is all good, right? And so, what that means for an industry, especially in the beginning, is is support, and and it's not just on the farm side; it's it's whatever is happening, right? So, at first, right now, it's you know, especially in California, it's infrastructure and ensuring that 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 the legs of the industry are supported. And he shared that vision, uh, and and thirdly, he wanted to uh, see that this were like any other investment firm for any other sector, for any other industry, right? And that we're going to treat this, you know, talking about cannabis, dealing with cannabis no differently than, than any other commodity or, 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 again, any other industry. And uh, that's what we built. And, and, you know, he brought this, you know, institutional style, uh, you, know, to, you know, to the, to the cannabis industry. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, with, with my network already being, you know, again, part of that, you know, uh, you know, knowing a lot of people and, uh, that we're already part of the legacy industry in California, what I was, you know, a, especially early on and, and still today is sort of a bridge between the two worlds, right? Because you have to imagine a lot of the wall street guys coming in and, and maybe some still are. View that legacy industry not in the kindest of light, right? And to say it nicely, <laughs> and 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 on the other side, right? You've got a lot of the legacy market not wanting, you know, these Wall Street guys to come in that know nothing about cannabis and and don't appreciate what, you know, mm. you know, decades and decades of you know of uh, advocacy and 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 passion, you know, for for the plant that that a lot of people have had before them, and and didn't necessarily respect that road, um, you know, that they were, you had investment going back and forth between those groups, right? Yeah. And that was a recipe for disaster. And I saw that, you know, very early on and i said all right this is going to be my my place in this industry i'm going to be the bridge between these two sides because there are a lot of great people um you know that already exist in this industry that need support and there are a lot of good people to come that need support and there are a lot of great investors right that that have a lot to offer that aren't going to you know they're they're not going to get a fair shake and vice versa right so i want to make sure as best as I can, that, that, you know, I, I carried up the capital with the right opportunities, right. And able to take my family's capital and just expand on that with, 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 like I said, with, with this group of high net worth individuals, um, that trusted me with their capital, um, you know, to, to really invest it the right way and, and, and set an example for other investors, um, you know, that, that, uh, that want to invest, in the industry um and and are like-minded that that want to make a greater impact and 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 this way it's not just about you know the bottom line and and especially you know early on in the industry that's needed because especially if you're investing on the private side like we are you're not looking for liquidity right within any time period right i mean you're not expecting uh that kind of a return But what we are expecting is the impact. right? We are measuring the impact. And what we do love seeing is, you know, when when our operators are able to give back to their communities or when they do have hiring policies where we see the equality, we see the diversity at the sea level um, and, and and. and support that we, you know, and and or or we're, you know, making investments into companies, um, you know, that are tracking the waste, you know, that that the industry is creating, and not not to point out in in a negative way, but to to highlight it and then say, okay, how can we how can we make this better, right? And 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 um, you know, or or you know, a lot of uh, you know, we we operate as I say on this you know limited social license in this industry, but um the amount of energy that it can take you know some of the states force cultivators to grow indoors right um and, and especially on the east coast right uh, and maybe that's needed because you can't grow outdoors right but if you can't cross state lines right we're not going to get it from the west coast where it probably should be grown outdoors and then you know consumers and, and patients don't have to pay these exorbitant costs right but if you're growing indoors and you're 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 we're consuming all this energy to, to grow the plant a very specific way indoors, well, that, that can be very wasteful. And granted, now we're, we're seeing LEDs and, 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 and that's one way to, to mitigate the amount of energy that's being used. Um, but, you know, we're, we're also seeing, um, you know, many other platforms like Ronetics, which is in our portfolio, yeah. um, you know, that, that's helping, cultivators really grow and, and, and maximize their efficiency and, and, and keep their energy down and, and ensure that they're able to grow at maximum sustainability. Um, while, you know, of course getting the yield that, that they need in, you know, as the operator in order to succeed as, as, as an operator in the space and, and pay the, the taxes that they've got to pay. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the support um, you know, for that infrastructure that, that we're here for, um, that, that will really further the industry, you know, if if that makes sense, that's it it does, that's what, that's what I'm here for. And so, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a long answer, but Asher really brings in, um, that financial background that, that, uh, you know he was he was on Wall Street for over a decade before he uh you know before we met and uh officially that's Tress. He's, his last name is Tropy. I'm Hess. So oh. we get Tress. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, great. And, and it's great uh it's play. easy, right? In the dot com world you want to keep it as short as possible. So true, Tress true. is great.
0: You know, so awesome, awesome. So let me ask a question this as it relates to C B D in New York, which has been has it been clear? I don't think C B D is clear period but you know, people are heavily involved in it. I do. You have a CBD company that's in your portfolio, and how do you see it playing out in the East Coast in the, uh, yeah. the CBD industry?
2: So we do. Okay, so we have. I mean, so we have companies. I'll give you an example, like um, like Infusion Biosciences. Infusion Biosciences has an extraction technique an IP really that that they discovered over 30 years ago when they were producing a very specific cholesterol medicine from a lipid and from Mm -hmm. a plant that was like cannabis, a lipid, a fat that needed to be bioavailable in human beings which are made mostly of water right uh, so that doesn't work and that's why we were talking earlier right that's why uh, a lot of times emulsifiers are brought into the equation or you know there's nano emulsification involved there, there's nano encapsulation I'm sorry involved there's some way to to take the the lipid and make it you know polar make it uh, bioavailable and Infusion Biosciences came to me, I would say at this point, almost four years ago, and said, we don't know what we have here, (laughs) but we've got this bottle uh, that we, you know, we've extracted, you know, this tincture that we extracted using this this IP, and we think that it is strain-specific, and we think that you are going to feel it in under two minutes, and that it will be out of your system in an hour, okay, and this works for for you know if it were a again it's strain specific so if it's a plant that is high in THC it'll be a high THC tincture if it is a uh you know a a an ACDC plant for example right or any other that is a a high um CBD low THC plant well that's what you'll get in the in the uh in the extract it is there is no post-production involved there is no nano encapsulation um and it is uh, no emulsification involved whatsoever um and that's exactly what happened i felt it within two minutes of taking it and within about an hour i i I wanted more right to to get rid of whatever was ailing me and i had uh, other people around me uh try it out as well one example would be an uncle of mine that was also going through chemo And he, unfortunately, was having a lot of like mucus associated with it as a reaction and would just be carrying around a box of Kleenex wherever he goes. And so I said, here, take a little of this and, uh, you know, some orange juice or whatever. So gave him a couple drops and immediately no tissues. And 45 minutes later to an hour later, boom, tissue box. And I said, let me give you a couple more drops. Give him a couple more drops, takes the drink. Again, no tissues for another hour. And I'm doing this over and over again. I said, Well, it worked for me, it worked for him, it worked for another guy that has a migraine, it worked for the other guy that's got Crohn's. This works, right? And and again, with 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 no, you know, emulsification and and some of the issues that you know somehow like you know i think we were talking about offline whether it's you know the different type of um yeah you know uh sunflower oil or 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 other agents that they're having to you know ingredients that they're having to to mix uh, into the tincture uh you don't need that uh with with an infusion biosciences product and so it's taken a number of years now to, uh, you know, to understand the science behind it. I mean, it was for me, it was one of those where, you know, I pushed the golden button on that one. It was a game changer. I still believe it is probably one of the biggest game changers um, that is that I've come across in, in, in a period in my history with cannabis. And, and I've been around cannabis a long time now. Um, it's something this approachable. Uh, it just doesn't exist outside of infusion biosynthesis. I mean, I've seen a number of tinctures that, you know, have a challenge with taste, have a challenge with shelf life, and as I said, have a challenge with ingredients and what those ingredients do um, for the patient. Uh, and even sometimes, you know, how it is, um, you know, how it is um, metabolized, right? If and and there was actually a warning. There's still, there's a warning with with GW and epidiolex. When you take too much CBD, um, depending on what medication a patient is taking. Uh, it it affects their CYP450 uh, and how they how how they metabolize. Period. Right. Yes. Um, and once those enzymes, if, if you mess with those enzymes, it well, if you're taking if if, if a patient is taking a, a a medication that requires those enzymes to sort of be that final ingredient right which a lot of times that's how medicines are made they're made it with that in mind that that the cyp 450 enzymes are going to react and then that's how right that's that's how the medicine uh, it, you know um, becomes bioavailable in our bodies uh, but if you're taking too much cbd it's a cyp 450 inhibitor and so uh that that could be challenging for some patients and so Boom! Checks that box, right? And so again, it, it, I've never seen anything like it. And so we pushed that golden buzzer. It, it was early, and that, and that. Again, we're just now figuring out, um, you know, how to, uh, you know, how to get it into the hands of consumers. But um, we'll be seeing that very shortly uh, on the THC side in California. Uh, and in Washington state and then uh, on the CBD side everywhere, because fortunately, uh, CBD from, you know, from the hemp plant, you know, can cross state lines. And so they can make products specifically um, with certain strains. So, for example, Osiris or Nina, if your son, you know, has has, you know, success with a very specific um uh, formulation, you you know, we could help you get that formulation tested, right? And you say, okay, it's from that specific strain, so you know, all right, for whatever reason, uh, Girl Scout cookies, I made up a strain, right? Mm-hmm. Girl Scout cookies has this specific formulation. Well, now a lab like SC Labs, which you know, where one of was one of our first investments, uh, you know, could we could understand what exactly. Uh, um, is, what is the profile, right? Because yes. the name is not really going to help us, right? Because they could grow Girl Scout cookie, uh, you know, um, at the farm next door or forget the farm, it could be the same farm. And, and it's just in in the plant, <laughs> the one plant over. And it's going to have slightly different, uh, slightly different, uh, you know, makeup, right? If you put it under the microscope, under the GPLC. So it is it's it's important to understand what the profile is. We'll, we'll 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 get that. And then you can you know you can have that going forward. If you know it's coming from a specific uh you know C B D hemp strain, you know, that can cross state lines, right? And if it's extracted this way, well then um you know you get all the benefits from that strain without having to reintroduce anything. Period. So to answer you, so it's not a CBD uh, CPG company um, that we have an investment in, but it is a company that is going to provide the ingredients to uh, hopefully many CPG companies out there uh, very very soon. Um, And then we have uh, we have a media company called Cannabis Now, and what we did with Cannabis Now is after about 10 years of Cannabis Now. Being uh, in publication, uh, they started uh, in 2010 out of Berkeley. They uh, they they did what L magazine did. L magazine started L Decor, right, and that's for their readers to go pick up, uh, you know, furniture or, or whatever they're seeing out of L, uh, go find it L Decor. Well, we wanted to do the same thing with cannabis. Now we wanted um, we wanted the the four million plus followers that. That uh, you know we're reading cannabis now to be able to find what they're reading about and getting excited about, and so we opened a CBD wellness store in Los Angeles, right, uh, right where where LA and Beverly Hills converge, um, and uh, we built a, a 4,000 square foot, like I said, CBD wellness store uh, and education center where where. Patients and, and customers can come in and understand what is limonene? What is, you know, so what, what are the terpenes, right? What, what is pine? What is myrcene? What's linalool, and, and what kind of effects they have? And they can smell it using. We had true terpenes, had the terpene wall in there, and they were really experiential. Right. Um, and, and, and can understand which CBD product was great for them or their pet, you know, and, 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 and why. Right. And, and if it was a cosmetic they were looking for or, or, or uh, you know, some, um, you know, or clothing, you know, made from hemp, uh, they could find it at, at the CBD wellness store, Cannabis Now's wellness store in L.A. Unfortunately, uh, it was looted. on on May 30th uh during during the the first day of protests for for George Floyd um yeah it was it's a crazy crazy story and so um yeah we we were looted uh took took about you know an hour or two uh to destroy you know months and months worth of work but uh we're just just reopening now um and it's Obviously, for for pickup, uh, you know, curbside pickup. Now that you know, California, LA in particular, is still a, a hot spot for COVID. We're just getting nailed left and right. But but we're we're you know we're Jesus. resilient, right? So we're going to keep pushing. Um, but you know, to answer, so we do have sources for CBD in the portfolio. Uh, it's not a CPG company itself, but it's a home for. CBD, right? For CBD patients, for CBD brands to tell their story. And that's what Cannabis Now is. So, which is really in line with how we make investments. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, multi-tiered. It's not just, it's going to have those ripples, you know, that, that really branch out into helping others. And it's, you know, it's, it's one plus one equals 10, you know, not, not two.
0: Just ask you on this point. Uh, thinking like as a futurist in this industry, where do you see the next big market? Like, I mean, because I know that California is the one that really started it off, and then now somewhat the East Coast. I I don't mm-hmm. know if it even has even really taken off yet. the East Coast, I don't even think that's really. But where do you see the next moves that are going to happen? Like where it's going to be like okay. It, Cannabis is definitely here to stay, and or as well or as hump, hemp, and for that yeah. matter. Yeah,
2: I'm ho- I'm hoping that it's New York. I I I'm seeing all the signs, you know, the the writings on the wall, as they say. They they've lost now seven billion plus in tax revenue uh, due to COVID, and with the amount of tax revenue cannabis can bring in, I yeah. mean. They, they've hit a billion dollars in places like Illinois, California, and other big states, and they'll do it in New York in no time. Um, and, and over time, it'll multiply, and, you know, the tax dollars go go to the school systems and, and to, to, to the homeless and all these great, you know, community programs. And uh, that's been part of the holdup in New York um, is, you know, figuring out a, the social equity program, yeah. um, and B, you know, where the taxes are, are going to be spent. Um, but, uh, I, I, think they're, they're almost ready to, you know, make some announcements. I'm very hopeful, uh, that, that they're going to come up with a system that, you know, maybe looks closer to an Illinois. I mean, they haven't gotten it perfect either. Um, but it's been one of the smoother rollouts of the state's, uh in recent years uh that we've seen i don't think any state has gotten it perfect yet um and i am not a believer you know some some believe you know if you if you don't get it perfect the first time Mm -hmm. it's so hard to change so just don't put a program out um and, and i hear that philosophy um but there are just so many great things that that also happen once you start putting um you know putting a legal framework into play. Uh, I mean, just the amount of jobs alone, we're hitting, you know, 300,000 cannabis jobs. I mean, that's more than computer programmers. Yeah, I mean, true. who would have thought that, right? It's amazing. Um, but that's real. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's real. If you think about it, I mean, how many computer programmers do you know out there? Lots of them, right? And then there are more people working in cannabis. I mean, it's a real... You know, it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. for, you know, for people to make an honest living and feel good about it and help others. Um, And and it doesn't matter what background a person comes from. Um, You know, there's a there's a there's a home for them uh, in cannabis and uh, especially for entrepreneurs. uh, Now's the time to 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 really push forward. Uh, It's an industry that um, is supportive of uh you know of entrepreneurs and um yeah it, it's a good time to to be in the industry right now Oh, okay so w- I, I think that i think new york i think new york is uh is 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 next
0: okay uh, let me ask you because i know you've been like you stated you've been in the industry for quite some time do you see the is there is this i mean you probably know the answer to this question or you may not is there a diversity issue in this industry because I hear it a lot, and I do see it. I do see it. Yes, one
2: hundred percent. Okay. There's, I think the number is like four ish percent, um, where you've got non-white uh, as non-male white, right? As mm-hmm. as at the sea level. Period. And you know, it's it's interesting because you know we're. You know, and and this is actually you know a, a good time to do it. We're we're looking to hire right now. We're looking to hire an investor in, investor relations uh, person, and we put a call out. And I'm so frustrated because I I, I said to Asher the other day I said, you know why am I seeing, you know men, you know and and white men honestly right? Uh, I want to see I want to see some more diversity here in, in the applications that you're sending over. And he's like Dave. 85, 90% of the applications that are coming through are white males. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me as somebody that wants to hire and that wants to, um, you know, that that, that wants to, um, you know, enable, right, um, for a diverse workplace, A, for for trust, but but to, to push that forward in the industry. So I think we need to encourage um you know, encourage more people, uh, of all shapes, colors, sizes to, to be okay with cannabis. I mean, you know, if you think about it, right, there might be, um, there might be reluctance also, right. From certain people from certain backgrounds to, to, to join, uh, you know, to join the cannabis industry right now, maybe because for so long they've been persecuted. Right. And, Absolutely. and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you're thinking, is this a trick? I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, yeah. maybe not coming out. I don't know. But we try to do, you know, I mean, like I said, SC labs for us, you know, CEO uh, we is black. Um, Jeff gray is an amazing CEO for SC labs. And does it push the needle? I mean, it, it, a little right. And, and, and I'd like to see more of it. And and for infusion biosciences, the CEO is, is Indian American. Um, and again, does it push the needle? Are all of our CEOs non-white? No. And it's not by design. Right. But I would love to see more. Eugenio Garcia, non-white, um, CEO cannabis now. Um, and it's, you know, it, it wasn't by design. It was, you know, it was, um, but, but, We love that that is what shows up uh, almost, you know, even that it was not by design. I mean, it just kind of says sort of who we are as press. You know, we are, you know, colorblind. We're culture blind. I mean, um, we want we want you to have to be in this for the right reasons for cannabis. And that's what we see. We see, you know, uh, we see green, but different kind of green. You know, people (laughs) were usually for the money. You know, we're seeing cannabis, you know, the cannabis plant. And that's that's what we see and but but yeah i i am you know i, I actually spent a lot of time trying to encourage diversity um not just in cannabis but in the in the leadership within cannabis right. right and 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 being vocal about your leadership and and when i do see those leaders you know i i love giving that helping them have a voice right um and uh you know, part of that is, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, um, you know, webinars we're, we're a part of nowadays that we can't go to the conferences when, when it was conferences and now webinars, you know, trying to promote uh, equality and diversity um, and, and showcase that in our industry, I think is, is helpful. And I, and I, and I try and do that, but I think it's also just, you know, telling the story and, 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 uh, encouraging everybody to, to, you know, sort of place their brick in, in this, you know, industry, and building this industry and, um, understanding that, that that's, that that's what this is about and, and not to be worried. Um, and are there, are there people in this industry that, you know, aren't as uh, open-minded or like-minded, I- I'm sure, um, but I personally know of many that are and uh, are very welcoming in the space. And um, I'm hopeful that that you know we keep doing our part as press and uh, keep making sure we associate with, with the right people. And I think ultimately we will begin to push that needle uh, and see better representation Um, you know, from all cultures um, in cannabis. I mean, that's that's really what this plant is, is, is about. It's one of the greatest things that it teaches us. Aside from the medicinal benefits, I've always said that, you know, other than maybe music or, you know, a good meal, cannabis is one of those things that, that can bring people with different backgrounds, different cultures, different political beliefs, Agreed. you know, religious beliefs together, you know, at a table and, 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 laugh and, and, and enjoy each other's company. Why? Because they're enjoying cannabis together. Um, and cannabis can do that, not just, you know, um, you know, as, uh, you know, on, on emotionally, but, it can also provide that, you know, that, that even playing field for for everybody and I think that's something unique really to to cannabis that this industry offers.
0: Yeah, we've noticed that with us as uh, my wife and I that it empowered us to make certain decisions to take control of our son's (laughs) well-being and not to have it a one-sided conversation when we go to his doctor's appointments. It's a conversation that we're both having so it's not a matter of, you know, we'll take what the doctor says and go home. No, it's no, it was, we're coming to them and sharing with them what we're experiencing and what we have in mind and how can they help us. So that's like one it. of the things I did appreciate about the plan. It empowered us to, you know, take, you know, hold of ourselves and our families um, and hearing your story. And that's what it's done for you. And look where it's taken you. So that's awesome. Now, my last question for you, this is going to be an interesting one because um, we see it happening. and I think you may have an idea where I'm going with this. How do you see blockchain playing a role in the hemp and cannabis industry?
2: Good question. So (laughs) from what I've been hearing, right, through the grapevine, right, over over maybe the last year or two with blockchain and cannabis is that it's too early. Not that it's the wrong platform, right, or part of the platform, but it's too early and that, you know, there are too many unknowns in blockchain right now. And that, on top of too many unknowns in cannabis, is, is too much to handle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we haven't seen the acceptance that we might have thought we'd be seeing, especially, um, you know, in a, in a compliance-heavy, regulatory-heavy industry, non-banked industry as cannabis you would think that this is the obvious home for blockchain um, but yeah the reluctance uh, over the over the past few years has really been as a result of, of just almost too many uncertainties that, that are yet to be you know written in cannabis and I think once they iron those things out, then uh, we'll be ready for blockchain. I, I believe we'll. It, it almost like LEDs, right? LEDs now in in a cultivation, it's like everyone's using LED, yeah. right? But three four years ago, everybody was saying, you know what? It, it's too early. We're just trying to get our. We're just trying to get dialed true. in. We just need to get up. We don't care what we. We just need to get up and running. Uh, and the LEDs aren't proven yet, but now it's every, You know, almost everybody's using LED. I think you know. Fast forward, you know, five six years from now you know everybody will 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 be using blockchain so it's just a timing thing yeah uh versus will it or will it not be here it'll be here
0: wow i can't wait well david thank you very much for uh, sharing your your you know your passion with uh with the plan and also what it's done for you and changing your life uh for the better and keeping you healthy and safe and uh, now that you're in the the investment aspect of it and you're investing in companies that are also doing great things in the industry. I would say thank you. Helping people, yeah. yes. So uh, if anybody wanted to reach out to you and you know apply for that job... <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> How are they reaching reach out?
2: Yeah, either uh, can find us on LinkedIn uh, right. or go to our website, uh, www.tresscapital.com. They can also go to Tress Dot IO, uh, if that's easier. Um, but, uh, yeah, TressCapital.com uh, or on LinkedIn, uh, you'll find me directly and, um, go ahead and follow, uh, if you're on the website, you'll, you'll be able to find out uh, how to apply and, uh, look forward to, uh, or you can also email me, uh, d at Tress dot com has at trustcapital.com and uh please re- you know send those resumes in and uh i'd love to hear from from anybody that's looking uh to do some investment relations
0: awesome nice. um, awesome thank you very much thank again you david so much for sharing yes definitely tell asher we said hello and i hope to see you guys soon i mean we uh once this thing is over we could do lunch
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Nina, Cyrus, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for both of you for, for what you're doing for, for our industry and, and helping people as well.
0: Definitely. That's what this whole industry is about. Much. It's
2: helping, right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, David, thank you again. Take care, and we'll talk soon.
2: Absolutely. Have a
0: good one. You too, buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in another episode of Love, Love and Cannabis. Cannabis. I'm Osir Stephens,
1: and I'm Nina Simmons.
0: Be strong and stay
1: empowered.